You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. When God is working, when God is moving through an individual's uh, ministry, listen, here's the warning. Don't take any of God's glory for what He has done. So any of you who are aspiring to be leaders, please remember this. Man, I tell you something, God will put you on a shelf so quickly, it'll make your head spin. Why? Because it leads to humanism. It will deprive the people and a nation of blessing. One of the most important qualities necessary for any good leader, especially within the church, is humility. Christ demonstrated this to perfection. He was God in human form, and yet he traveled around homeless, healing the sick and teaching the truth. Despite that, you'll find pastors today who would throw a fit if no one remembered to leave a glass of water in the pulpit for them. As Pastor Mike will warn in today's message, if you want to be a godly leader, you must stay humble and direct all glory to God. Now, here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 12 as he begins his message, Living in Awe of the Lord. First Samuel and chapter 12 and this message is really all about you know acknowledging and recognizing all of the different characteristics that God uh, has that is like for example God is omnipotent he's all-powerful God is omnipresent in other words God is everywhere he's all-knowing and we need to live in relationship to these truths so living in awe of the Lord Let's begin now in chapter 12 and read the first five verses of chapter 12. Now Samuel said to all Israel, Indeed, I have heeded your voice and all that you said to me and have made a king over you. And now here is the king, that is Saul, walking before you, and I am old and gray-headed. In other words, what Samuel is suggesting here is, listen, I am old old, my day is over, and Saul's uh, kingdom and ministry, administration, is now about to begin. You know, you got to commend Samuel here. He's willing to pass from the scene. Remember, for all of those years, he served as a judge over Israel. Uh, He realized that God was raising up another individual in his place. That would have been Saul as the first king. And so he's not holding on to his position that God had given him. 
He is willing to pass uh, from the scene, uh, acknowledging that God was raising another. And then also notice in verse 2, and look, my sons are with you. Now this is interesting, and I want to draw this uh, uh, to your attention, this phrase, my sons are with you. Remember back in 1 Samuel in chapter 8 and verse 5, Samuel was challenged by the people to take his sons out of leadership positions in Israel. Why? Because they were not godly men. And though it must have been difficult for Samuel, he did it. The words, my sons are with you, are proof Samuel's sons were simply a part of the assembly of Israel uh, now and not on the platform with Samuel as he addressed Israel. He had deprived them of their public employment and reduced them to a level with the common uh, people. So again, just an, uh, another reason to honor uh, uh, Samuel. And you, you got it uh, handed uh, to him. So he says then, look, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. Here I am, witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? In other words, the idea here is that I didn't take advantage of the position that God had given me uh, over you. And from whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my eyes? I will restore it to you. And they said, they responded, you have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. Then he said to them, the Lord is witnessed against you and is anointed as witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. And they answered, he is witness. Okay, now, possibly on the last day of these celebrations, the result of the victory over the Ammonites, Samuel may have sensed that the mood of the people had changed. That is, a spirit of presumption was beginning to manifest itself, placing an emphasis upon the energy of the flesh and human ingenuity, rather than just simply worshiping God for what he had done. Now, Saul wasn't negligent as it related to this. He gave God the due, uh, all of the, the accolades that was uh, due him. Listen, spiritual leaders need to be constantly aware of this sort of danger. Because when God is working, when God is moving through an individual's uh, ministry, listen, here's the warning. Don't take any of God's glory for what he has done. So any of you who are aspiring to be leaders, please remember this. Man, I tell you something, God will put you on a shelf so quickly, it'll make your head spin. Why? Because it leads to humanism. It will deprive the people and a nation of blessing. And I think, I, I think that's where our United States of America has failed. You know, the very things that made our nation a great uh, nation was the fact that we were a nation unto uh, God. But we've forgotten God, haven't we? And we've made our appeals now to men. And it's led to humanism. And I think it's ro actually robbed us of 
what God wanted to do uh, here in the United States of America. It's ripped off and deprived the people of their blessing. And so anyway, he, Samuel, gathers the people together and addresses them, charging them to be faithful, to continue to be faithful to the Lord as well as in their allegiance to the king that they had uh, chosen. But the bottom line here, and relating to the title of this morning's uh, message, the bottom line here is don't forget God and how awesome he is. You know, there's a, a psalm that I wanted to draw your attention to that I wanted to read, if you quickly turn with me. But in the 113th Psalm, verses 4 through 9, and please never forget this, the 113th Psalm, verses 4 through 9, the Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap, that he may uh, seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. And then the psalmist went on to declare, praise the Lord. So listen, don't ever forget God and how awesome God is. Now, let's go back to our text. I want you to notice here in verses 1 through 5, Samuel makes explicit references to his past life, his administration as judge over Israel and his blameless character. And why was that? Why do you think he did that? Well, first of all, I believe, so that he may receive favorable consideration of the people relating to his advice. Remember now, he had gathered them together there in Gilgal, and he's addressing the crowd. I mean, it's true. The effect of advice given greatly depends upon the way the person giving it is perceived, isn't that true, right? As the real deal, as that person who is addressing you has a legitimate concern about your interests. You know, that's the person that you're going to stand up and listen to, isn't that true? Because it instills confidence in, in, uh, in you, uh, that the person uh, that is speaking to you, uh, advising you, uh, counseling you, is really concerned about your uh, interests. And so it was with uh, Samuel. And I think that's one of the reasons why he reminds them, he makes reference to his past life and his blameless uh, character. Now notice also Samuel's resume here. And by the way, this is the kind of leadership that God blesses. You know, his years of faithful service, his, his unswervering uh, fidelity. He never took advantage of his position that God had given him, as was uh, not the case of so many other people uh, that God had placed in different uh, positions. His example was one that the people, the king, and succeeding generations could emulate. And notice he called on the assembly to testify against him. So obviously he's very uh, confident. Notice there in verse 3. Well, the people responded that were gathered together there at Gilgal on this occasion. Unanimously, they responded, 
He had never wronged nor defrauded anyone. Why? Because his administration was absolutely impeccable. Now, in this question that he asked the people, and in the answer to this question, we have the second reason why Samuel refers to his past life and his impeccable character. How was Samuel able to preserve his integrity through the various changes and stages of life? And as we've been going through this book of the Bible in 1 Samuel, uh, there were certain times when Samuel ran up against uh, circumstances that were extremely disappointing. Uh, There was also a time when he was rejected by other people. So what's the answer to that uh, question? Listen, only because he was inwardly secure. And that's a part of a uh, process, isn't it? Uh, It began for Samuel as a child. Remember going back to the first couple of chapters here in 1 Samuel. Remember his dad, Elkanah, and his mother, Hannah, had laid a solid, godly foundation by giving their son a strong inner sense of his uniqueness as a person, his value to them as their son, and his mission in life. Listen, these are the very same things that we need to convey and instill within our own uh, children. Again, giving them a strong inner sense of uniqueness as a person. Taking the time out to do that. Their value, uh, explaining their value to them. How that God has called them. How that God has chosen them. That there's a higher calling uh, in their uh, lives. Speak to them about their mission. It's not all about, you know, uh, having a, an easy life. And I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't work towards uh, making our lives uh, better, being educated, getting a good job, uh, making a decent salary to provide for our own uh, family members. But nevertheless, there's something that's even more important than that, and that is the mission that God has given each and every uh, one of us. That is to be his witness his testimony in the world in which we uh, live. And then later on, as Samuel had grown in his awareness of the Lord and his purpose for him, that is, remember, the judge over Israel, this feeling of security in his Godward relationship of significance in the plan of God and of satisfaction in the service of God had been reinforced. And I believe that there comes a time in each and every one of our lives where God brings us to that place, where we we have a a better understanding of our calling. Listen, every one of us has a very specific uh, calling, a work for each and every one of us uh, to do. And and, and as God reveals that to us, you know, we have that that inner uh, confidence. It's reinforced. But listen, it's all about our relationship with God knowing that we have that higher calling. And so the answer to that question, how did Samuel preserve, uh, persevere through all of the uh, difficulties in his life experience, all of his disappointments, all of his rejections? It was all about his relationship and his walk with the Lord. Now, in bearing witness to Samuel's faithfulness and honesty, Israel unwittingly condemned themselves. 
Notice, go back to verse 5, the first part of verse 5. The people had no reason to be dissatisfied with Samuel's leadership, right? I mean, he always did them right. He never took advantage of the position that God had given him, as I had already uh, mentioned. And they should have just been uh, satisfied with Samuel being judge over Israel, God's physical uh, representative. There was no reason for them to ask for a king. So the truth was, the people had grown tired of the restraints of Samuel's godly piety and wanted a more glamorous kind of a leader. Well, anyway, Samuel goes on to fearlessly warn them. Now let's pick up verses 6 through 15, here in chapter 12, verse 6. Then Samuel continues to address the, the group, said to the people, It is the Lord who raised up Moses and Aaron, and who brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt. So now he's going to give them a, uh, a little bit of a history uh, lesson. Now therefore stand still, that I may reason with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and your fathers. When Jacob had gone into Egypt, and your fathers cried out to the Lord, then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place, in the land of Canaan. And when they forgot the Lord, their God, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor. And remember, he was the uh, leader, he was the commander of the Canaanite uh, army. Into the hand of the Philistines, all of their enemies, he mentions all of them. And into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. Then they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord. So the idea here is that God raised up these foreign uh, nations as Israel's enemies to chastise them, to discipline them. That's the idea. Why? Because notice there in verse 10, they had served the Baals and the Ashtaroths. In other words, the gods and the goddesses of the land of uh, Canaan. But now deliver us from the hand of our enemies and we will serve you. That was the cry of the, the people. And then the Lord, responding to the cries of the people, he sent Jerubbabel, Badan, Jephthah, and Samuel, all of these judges that are mentioned here, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you dwell in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, king of the Ammonites, remember we were introduced to him in chapter 11, so one of the most uh, recent uh, enemies and foes that Israel had to uh, face, chapter 11, came against you uh, and said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. Now therefore, here is the king whom you have chosen, Saul, and whom you have desired, and take note, the Lord has set a king over you. Now if you fear the Lord, and serve him, and obey his voice, and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. However, here's the warning, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you, 
as it was against your uh, fathers. Okay, and so here, notice Samuel impresses upon the importance of an accurate understanding of their history. That's why he's broadcasting their history before them. How that God was so involved in their past. Why? What was the purpose? Well, Samuel was hoping that they would get it and they would understand that not only was God involved in their past, but he also wanted to be involved in their present as well as their future. Now notice here, Samuel stressed two important facts. And by the way, these are universal truths. Not only do they apply to the nation of Israel, but they also apply to you and to me today. What were those two facts? Well, first of all, whenever they had forsaken the Lord, they had been brought into trouble. And listen, folks, you turn your back upon God, and you can be sure you're heading for disaster and trouble. The second thing that he emphasized here was whenever they had repented, that's what we need to do. You know, if for some reason we turn our backs from God, here's our recourse just to repent. Repent before God. Cry out unto him. So whenever they had repented and cried out to God, he had delivered them out of their difficulties. So those were those two universal principles that Samuel is seeking to impress upon the people. You see, the Lord had consistently disciplined his people for their spiritual apostasy. And listen, let me tell you something. If God did that for his people Israel, what would you, why would you think that he wouldn't do that uh, to you as uh, well? They were oppressed because of their uh, sin. And listen, gang, sin yielding to our flesh will oppress you. It'll oppress you physically. It'll uh, oppress you mentally. It'll oppress you, probably even more importantly, spiritually. Why? Because sin is a hard taskmaster. It'll cause you to do things that you don't want to do. You'll do things that you never thought that you would uh, do. You see, there is this awful progression about sin. And you'll plunge, if you give yourself over to sin, you're going to continue in sin, you're going to plunge deeper into sin. Why? Because your flesh is never satisfied. Your flesh is never fulfilled. You'll always be looking to take sin to the next higher level. It'll destroy you. It'll have that effect upon your life. But again, as I've already mentioned, there's hope. What is that hope? Repentance before God. Because repentance brings deliverance. And remember, Samuel was reminding the people about this very thing. Repentance brought deliverance for Israel. In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, where I long to be. That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. If you've missed any part of this message, you'll find it online at harvestnyc.org. You can also subscribe to the In My Father's House with Mike Venezio podcast. Just search for it on your favorite podcast platform. 
As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to let you know how you can connect with us. We want to hear from you. If you've been listening for months or even the first time today, let us know. Have you been blessed by a teaching here on In My Father's House? Have you been able to share what you've learned with someone else? We want to hear your story. It's such an encouragement and brings us great joy to know how this program is blessing our listeners. So please, let us know you've been tuning in. You can send us a message right from our website. Just go to harvestnyc.org and click on Contact. You'll find a form to fill out and we'll connect with you as soon as possible. You can also let us know you've been listening by sending an email to harvestnyc at verizon.net. Please feel free to share your prayer request too. We'd be honored to join you in seeking God's direction in your life. Again, just email harvestnyc at verizon.net. If you're listening to our broadcast and aren't in the Manhattan area, We'd like to invite you to join our weekly worship services live on our website. We stream our gatherings on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more and connect at harvestnyc.org. That's all for today. Join Pastor Mike next time for another edition of In My Father's House. Oh,